Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we've emerged from the brain stew of the international break. Oh, I felt like pulling teeth, didn't it, Nick? To give you a quick podcast before Nick heads off on a well-earned break tomorrow morning. So, uh, Nick, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to Malta next week on a holiday. Um, welcome to paradise. <laughs> uh, you don't want to hear about that. You're here to hear us talk about FPL, and that's what we're going to do. That's right, Nick. We are Who Got the Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, uh, online at whogotassist.com. Uh, follow us, uh, like us, and subscribe if you like what you hear, and of course, tell your friends about us. Uh, in this pod, we'll go for our game weeks, uh, recap what happened, uh, talk about some of the key talking points of in FPL at the moment. Uh, talk about a psychology corner a little bit talk about market forces talk about uh, maybe not Neon Watch this week Nick unfortunately yeah no Neon Watch this week unfortunately um, Alan Neon did not make an appearance no, we'll today st- we'll still do the anti-metas though and uh, yeah then we'll answer the community questions uh, so Nick how, how was your game week well I'm all out on 53 I did okay I'm quite happy with that Green Arrow um, I was quite lucky obviously Babies didn't play this week but I had um, uh, Tom Carroll come off the bench. He got eight points for me, so that was quite good. Elsewhere, my wild card was a success because because of Jesus and Sterling bringing in the points. My um, pre wild my, my pre wild card team um, would have only got about twenty four points or something. I calculated, so it would have been a bit, <laughs> bit of a shocker. So, so, so it's yeah, like I'm a 20, happy twenty five so, point swing yeah. from from wild carding, which I guess is what you want. Even yeah. though it was, a, it was a low scoring game week, it was. I mean, to be fair, Sterling and Jesus and Carroll, my only scorers. In, in the bench um, sorry in the defence only got five points out of four players so that was pretty terrible yeah I, I'm uh, for me this week I feel like an excommunicated Christian I'm, I'm one Jesus behind everybody else um, I end up with uh, 37 points after that 1-1 uh, the Vardy party never materialised and um, you know at least I did bring in Sterling for Mkhitaryan I, I was quite I was thinking about it dallying about it but brought him in um, but apart from that only Cole Norton returned any points whatsoever and my double Arsenal kind of punt never went anywhere. Yeah, but look, it's quite bad. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't the best. It was, it was below par. And I'm, 
you know, I, I'm not going to have a sense of 21st century breakdown about it. I will get, I will move on. But you know, every now and again, you do get one of these game weeks when you don't want to look at it. You just want to move on to to the next one with gay abandon. But the first one we should do probably is uh, start talking about this game week. Do I recap? First game of the game week was obviously Man United and Liverpool. Nil-nil. Yeah. Nil-nil. I know um, everyone was waiting a long time for this <laughs> game to come, but obviously Sky were doing a you know countdown for the Premier League, and then obviously Mourinho, he parked the bus. It was nil-nil. Yeah, it, it wasn't the Inevitably. best. It wasn't the best, was it? I mean, what a save that was by De Gea. I don't know. Did you, you saw that, right? Like, yeah. Instinct save of his legs. Um, and Salah failing to convert the rebound. I think that kind of summed up the afternoon, if you were a... You are you are a Liverpool a man nice attacking asset holder. I mean, you obviously had Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku blanked for me. Salah blanked for me. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Liverpool because they were actually top of the chance for um, chances created this game week with with seventeen, but just complete lack of potency and end product. I don't know if it's because Mane is injured. Yes, yeah, nineteen the team just aren't cohesive at all. Yeah, nineteen shots and they just can't score. I mean, Jose Mourinho, as you said, went there to defend. Um, like he did with Chelsea versus Brendan Rodgers, he was clearly just setting his team up to not be beaten and then looking for that one opportunity. They got it in the first half of that Lukaku, that Lukaku break, and he kind of hit it tamely straight at uh, straight at Mignolet. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. I mean, it's it's just going back to Liverpool. It's just it's quite interesting. Like they've actually had more shots than any other club in the last four game weeks. At one every four minutes that's more than Manchester City but they've only managed to score five goals from 94 goal attempts and that's compared to Manchester City who've had less goal attempts but have had 19 goals yeah I, but it's crazy isn't it it just seems like whatever they're doing isn't working I mean the next few for Liverpool they've got Tottenham away and there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter about selling Salah this week, you know, selling Liverpool assets. But after that, they've got Huddersfield at home, West Ham away, Southampton at home, in a nice free. It is tough, yeah. I mean, I have been thinking about selling Salah. Um, it looks like he might have a price fall. No one likes that when that happens to one of their players. So yeah. it's kind of like makes me want to push him out the door. But like you said, with the fi- upcoming fixtures, maybe I should be hanging on to a Liverpool player. He is my only Liverpool asset yeah. at the moment. And he's a designated penalty taker, as uh, Klopp said um, in the press conference on Friday, which got a little ripple of, uh, of interest. So I think he's going to be one who I'm going to keep, certainly, obviously, having been burnt earlier on in the season. I think he's just one to keep hold of. And you've got Coutinho taking those shots from range of Firmino again doing not very much yeah <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know and Man United Huddersfield up next people are saying can we people are saying you know lose Kaku can we lose Kaku can we I uh, don't know I think Huddersfield up next I'm not going to be selling him I might even be thinking about captaining him Tom so, yeah I'm not surprised by that but I mean United's attack did look stunted but that's just the way Mourinho played he sets his team up to defend so that's the way they had to play I mean um, Mkhitaryan blanking again seems to have generated a bit of a fire sale as people you know race to get those Manchester City assets in yeah I was very close to keeping Mkhitaryan actually um, thinking you know Liverpool's leaky defence Mkhitaryan scored for Armenia could he do something but I'm, I'm so glad I got rid no, of him no yeah that was a fantastic <laughs> transfer against Sterling there it was a really, really important transfer I think finally we just need to discuss the defences oh. and especially Manchester United's defence oh unbelievable really I mean Phil Jones 5.2 it was like 7 clean sheets in 8 or 8 clean sheets in yeah 7 in like 8 yep 
Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, a BPS magnet at 5.2, nailed on the Mourinho defence. I mean, this Liverpool game, I mean, they do have uh, a Tottenham at home and Chelsea away coming up, but he's going to set up to defend in those games. Definitely, I can, can see more nil-nils happening. Exactly, that could easily be two clean sheets. I mean, the only other option is Valencia. I mean, you were talking about him earlier, maybe? Yeah, Valencia, he's um, the other premium option, I guess, because uh, Jones is a cheap alternative, but Valencia at 6.6. He's um, now top scorer in the game. I think actually just behind Eric. Yeah, maybe just behind Eric. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, at the start, he hasn't really done that much in terms of going forwards. It's just the clean sheets and just the bonus that he gets week on week on week. I mean, the anti-meta team, he's in that, and he's been like their linchpin, their stalwart. Moving from defence to attack, I suppose. Seventy-nine percent of possession, seven goals. I mean, Jesus went on better than the original one. He was on the end of two crosses this week, Nick, and uh, you had him. How did that feel, having Jesus and Sterling in one game? Yeah, brilliant, because I was going into that game waiting for the team sheet to be announced. I was like, I feel like it's a risk. I was getting so concerned that I was going to be trolled by Pep, who was going to put me playing like Bernardo Silva in a false nine position yeah, yeah, or something ridiculous like that. But no, I made the right decision to get both of those guys in, and I'm obviously thrilled by the results. The only thing I could have done is potentially triple up because yeah. I only had to in the game. I didn't go for Walker. That actually paid off because he uh, he got an assist, but then he scored his own goal. Yeah, exactly. It was a, a topsy turvy weekend if you were a Walker owner. It was it was one of those games where you know I was watching on with Sterling, fifteen points, uh, one goal, two assists, six goals and six, and he's I think he's got ten goals and he's one goal off the most goals he's ever scored in a Premier League season. But, I mean, it's one of those games where I was watching on with Jess Sterling and I was feeling, you know, like that feeling of greed and that feeling of anger that I didn't have more in that game because you saw the goals going in and that wasn't Sterling and those points weren't going to me and the Jesus points were all going to you guys, the silver points were going to you silver, guys. Silver and then Sane as well and KDB rocking up as yeah. well with a couple of assists. They were all getting so many points. I was just impressed, like, just... Watching them, there's 814 successful passes in that game. They were just amazing. Like, the way they passed it around. Like, there were many opportunities where... If um, Sterling was playing for England, I know for a fact he would have shot. He would have (laughs) attempted a shot and it wouldn't have paid off. But his his teammates were running into the right positions, just passing the ball when he got a couple of assists out of it. I think he... In an England shirt, he would have just played terribly. So, yeah, you know, yeah. why like, can't he perform like that for England? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like the new pound, isn't he, really? He's a better version these days. And uh, the final thing is a KDB. I mean, it's a sh- such a shame that FPL-wise, he's not really a good a good option because the assists come and go. But And it's also the price of him as well. Every time you see him, though, he's absolutely incredible. That second that Jesus was exquisite it was one of those that I wish that I always try to do on FIFA <laughs> try the frugal and it was just oh it was inch perfect one of those that you just genuinely just have a moment of like oh that was just bliss ecstasy and you know they've got Sergio Aguero to rejoin the fold as well it is a bit of a concern I think still in terms of the rotation because obviously Bernardo Silva he came off the bench and rocked up with a goal as well so he, he'll be knocking on the door he'll be knocking on Pep's door saying can I get a start please sir and yeah. you know who, who's he going to drop Sane will Sane drop yeah. it's just tough isn't it okay, I mean, you, we can all hear the sounds of hysteria City I mean the other side of it is Stoke obviously I was quite glad that um, Stoke scored, frankly, because I knew that a lot of people had brought in Otamendi this week. Um, I mean, did, did you bring in Wimmer on your yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I've got Kevin Wimmer. He um, came off oh. after 45 minutes. A bit actually... concerned about him, to be honest now, but... 
You know, like I got, I didn't get him in for this game. I had him as my third sub. I've got him in for the next four, uh, next five, even for Stoke when they've got Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, Brighton, and Crystal Palace. So that's a great run of fixtures. So I'm still thinking, you know, if he hopefully he keeps his place and Mark Hughes can sort out the defence yeah, before the next it's not, game. It's not looking good, is it? I mean, they, they looked quite jaded, didn't they? I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, Chupas as well. Chupe Moting wasn't involved in either of the goals, and generally was quite anonymous. Um, it's, I think it's it, again it's a bit of a warning that a player like that who does occasionally emerge in this sort of game will just go missing and he isn't a player like Richarlison who seems to be showing up in the big games um, that, that's definitely one to watch um, at the moment I mean I've just mentioned Richarlison maybe we should get Arsenal out of the way if you don't mind Nick yeah sure <laughs> so I mean when I when we saw that lineup, I was I was worried I mean you've got Iwobi and Welbeck supporting Lacazette and only Xhaka and my men Bellerin as creative individuals. I mean, the questions are, like, why doesn't Oates all play from the off? Like, was it speed he was trying to get through the back, what for backline with? I, I just thought it was a terrible selection. Like, Lacazette needs to have these balls to feed off of. And he wasn't getting them, frankly. He looked very, I don't know, it, we just looked anemic, frankly. And we were lucky to get the Merthsacker goal. And then when we went behind, sorry, when they equalised, I could only see a Watford victory. Like, I feel like I've gone to the third stage of being an Arsenal fan. The first stage is shock. The second shock, the stage is that I'm shocked that I'm not shocked. And the first stage is that I'm not shocked that I'm not shocked. Now I just think, ah, oh, it's going to happen. We lost them last year. I was thinking, well, this, this could be another banana skin, and so it proved. I think so. You know, they're saying nice guys finish last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Seems the seems the way of the Arsenal team at the moment. And obviously, it was a very entertaining interview with Troy Deeney on Match of the Day, where it was like just saying, I'm going to rough them up, and you know, they just didn't turn up, yeah. and he just like he just completely roughed them up, and he can yeah, they can yeah. deal with them. Ugly Troy Deeney as he described himself uh, but you know when like someone like Tom Cleverley scores against you <laughs> you're in trouble as a, yeah, the, the, as mo- a side. the most sensational free transfer in Premier League history according to Roberto Martinez um, yeah that was a last minute kicker which I didn't need as a better owner as well obviously the the Richarlison assist was was obviously a little bit of a dive he's just gotten off the uh, he yeah. got off today didn't he yeah but he did I mean I think Bellerin that, slightly knocked him which yeah. was in his very, very slightly but there was there was contact you so can. they couldn't ban him but he definitely looks like an option I think uh, Watford now up to fourth in the league incredible stuff I mean it's got to be Richarlison I mean the amount of shots that he's having um, I think he's back up to about a shot every 20 minutes um, really impressive stuff um, it, it looks like after the fixtures kind of uh, clear and they've got Chelsea next so I can imagine that's deterring some investment but then Stoke and Everton West Ham and Newcastle I mean those are four games that you'd expect Watford to get something from especially with Marco Silva um, who seems to have really galvanised them as you've said Yeah I do like Richarlison unfortunately I can't get him in for my third midfielder at the moment which is Solly March so I can't afford him within my team so I just can't look at him right now but I might have to bring him in if he continues this uh, this form. Yeah, and then obviously the only upshot of this is it again reminded me that I shouldn't have Arsenal players in my team. It's too upsetting, <laughs> especially well, given you're, you're doubled up at the moment. I know, aren't especially you, so. given how bad this week has gone in general for me. So I think it's probably going to end up being a minus four to get rid of both of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll talk about this later, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I just can't have that anymore. Um, let's move on, shall we, to Burnley and West uh, West Ham. Uh, an assist for Joe Hart uh, for Antonio who's now back it seems and it's the first assist by a goalkeeper since Boxing Day 2016 when Joel Robles assisted for Everton uh, versus Leicester 
But Andy Carroll got sent off, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on with Andy Carroll there. It was just absolutely disgusting. Just <laughs> led with his elbow right in Ben Meese. I mean, the first first foul, I guess, was a 50-50. You know, wasn't too bad. The second one, it's like, what was he thinking after already being on <laughs> exactly. the just Bang, right in the face. Ben Meese was basically crying right. on the floor whilst, like... Um, Carol and Winston Reed like protested saying oh I didn't touch him sir what are you, talk- <laughs> what are you talking about like- <laughs> physical game ref yeah it's physical that was assault wasn't it I mean what can, what can you say um, uh, obviously the last minute wood goal uh, was quite good for a few people I, I saw a couple of wild cards um, who had brought in Woods as their first striker yeah. like bargain bucket and he's looking quite decent I think as well so. isn't I think, he um, yeah I mean I reviewed him when he first um, joined Burnley as prospecting the prospects article and I said that he looked like a potential you know he, he's got the build for the Premier League he's got the pace for the Premier League and he's, he's proven himself as a, a good third striker yeah he's not getting that many chances is he but yeah again you know he's still looking like a, a 6.6 quite a decent pick um, and you had Ward didn't you how are you feeling about that um, well I mean obviously I would have liked a clean sheet in that game but Manchester City up next so he's probably going to be on the bench then it's Newcastle at home. And I think he's, he's done quite well. He's already got a goal and an assist so far. And I've already got a price rise out of him as well. Yeah, so, like of Norton, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we'll have to see if it works out. But he was, he was just a, a 4.5 pick that I was going to be rotating as part of a Burnley-Stoke rotation. So we'll see how that works out, <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I see how that works. Right. Jury's out for the moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I don't know whether he's going to get an assist like he did a couple of weeks ago for a little while now. But uh, it seems like fairly solid. I mean, Burnley are going to keep clean sheets, aren't they, at the end of the day? Um, moving on to a team who probably should have kept a clean sheet, who didn't, Chelsea. Uh, well, I think there was only the fifth time that a, that a team at the bottom of the Premier League beat the champions. Uh, Crystal Palace 2, Chelsea 1. Uh, people say it's the greatest league in the world, and that was an example of why, because it's very, very... Unpredictable, but as Alonso owners, we were both yeah. <laughs> cursing that. Well, I know, I was a bit annoyed, obviously, with um, Alonso's one pointer. I mean, we're still big fans of Alonso regardless. He's, he's, he's had 14 shots as defenders more than any other defender yeah. in the Premier League so far this season. Um, so I think Moses got an injury, so Zappa Costa came on. He could be a potential <laughs> option at 5.9 for managers. Probably not. I think David Luiz as well, he's at 5.9. So we're still backing the Chelsea defence with their um, upcoming fixtures at Watford at home, Bournemouth away next. And then I think it's Manchester United away, but then they've got West Brom away, so it's not a too bad a run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Alonso is still getting the shots in after all. Um, I think that he's he's one that people are sat, a few people will come on to this later asking, what do we do with him? He's still got 18 touches in the box versus just six for someone like Carl Walker. It's an attempt every 49 minutes, so every, basically every half of football he's going to have a go. His XG is 0.67 according to Fantasy Football Scout. An explosion, I think, is imminent. At 7.0, I'd still say hold on. Yeah. Yep. At least for the next hopefully couple Hopefully he can get a 15-pointer. Exactly. For I the mean, next couple of weeks, hopefully I, that could happen again. Yeah, I mean, the man I wasn't too impressed with, actually, was um, Eden Hazard. He just looked anonymous. And, I mean, we've got a few friends who really took a punt on him as part of their wildcard teams. And they really got punished by bringing him in. Especially over, over, especially over those Manchester over City, City assets. Yeah. But, I mean, the one I'm actually looking at for a Chelsea asset is Alvaro Morata. He's been falling in value and he's actually quite cheap now in comparison to what he was. I think he's now 10.2, 10.3. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, rumoured to be back for the Champions League game against Roma. So he might be a potential option. Not Maybe not this week, obviously, because I'm going to hang on to Lukaku, but the following week. 
Yeah, they. I think they've just got they've got an excellent run of fixtures. Really, until game week twenty eight, it's a bit of a sea of green, and I think it's just one of those that you could feasibly put him in and leave him there and just hope. It looks like Batshuayi again was pretty anonymous. Didn't look very happy to be coming off, and it seems like every time he is given an opportunity, he can't really take it, and he's more of an impact sub by by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean. The other thing to say about the game, I guess, is points for Roy Hodgson. I was just pleased <laughs> yes. to see a smile on that man's face. Always good to see him happy. But Zaha has returned 6.7, yeah. giving Palace fans a much-needed boost. He's um, looking as a potential option as yeah, a, yeah, a midfielder again. Um, he was, I think he's playing up top alongside um, Mr. Cut inside and shoot Andrus Townsend at 5.7. But I don't think no one's looking at Andrus Townsend no. at this moment, are they? No, but Zaha, like last season, 4.26 points per game uh, last season. And we picked him out at the start of the um, preseason, didn't we, as being the 7.0 of choice. Indeed, you had him, didn't you? I had him and unfortunately got injured in that opening game. But yeah, yeah, but he's definitely one, I think, who, alongside the Richarlisons of this world, who is entering that kind of mid mid bracket. And he could be one, um, you know, coming up. Palace have had obviously a terrible, terrible start. Um, but they've got Newcastle next, and then West Ham, Tottenham, and Everton, and Stoke next five. They're okay. Let's see if Mr. Roy can uh, can create a a better a better tomorrow for Palace. <laughs> but he did look like kind of you yeah. know when you you know when your granddad's happy or yeah. you know, or when the turtle's happy. The other other thing to say about that game is um, four point zero goalkeeper watch. Jules Sabroni started. He I actually brought him in in the last minute. As part of my wild card, I mean, he was only out because Wayne Hennessy was injured, so Wayne Hennessy might be back shortly. But he is a fan favourite, and he played really well, you know. So he, he may be able to maintain his starting position. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. I mean, uh, moving on to Swansea, Huddersfield. Uh, one man we mentioned, Batshuayi. Who Batshuayi's not scoring. Someone who does play for Chelsea, who did score this weekend, is Tammy Abraham. Five point six, two goals. 23 goals for City last season. We really rated them, didn't we, in uh, prospects? Yeah, we prospects. did, yeah. I mean, he, he's showing a real striker's instinct because he kind of poached Ayu's goal. Like, Ayu had, like, dinked it in and, like, it was a bit of a task about Abraham, like, nicked it last yeah. second and Ayu seemed a bit peeved about that. But it was quite entertaining. But, yeah, he definitely looks like a decent option as a, a third striker. So I got my Norton, uh, my Norton clean sheet, uh, but you got something even better. Yes, Tom Carroll, eight points. <laughs> um, I was quite lucky, to be honest, um, because he was my first sub. Uh, ben Davies not playing, meant that Tom Carroll came in. Got a cheeky assist, um, first attacking points of the season. And nice is, nice eight points from him, which is the first assist in, me. First assist in 19 games. This is the first since, since March. Um, so I mean, it's just one of those where I, I moved him on my wild card and you were saying, do I? Do you feel annoyed that he's off? But I don't know. It's just first assist in 19 games. It's good for you. I'm glad for you. It's like Fletcher last year scoring a goal for me off the bench one week. Yeah, I mean, I the mean same sort of feeling. I think he's slightly more attacking than Fletcher. He's, he plays on the set piece. He has a lot of the set pieces. He was quite good in pre-season. I mean, one game he got a hat-trick of assists, which got a few people quite excited. Yeah, so. that, including us, actually. But yeah, and then the other side of it is, is Huddersfield. Seems to be regressing after that strong start. Um, very little invention. No Moy didn't. The Moy was kind of coming back from Australia. Probably tired. Didn't start. Um, you know, it looks like they're gonna really struggle over the next few games. Definitely, Man United, Liverpool up next. I think Aaron Moy owners. It's time to sell. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, moving on again to uh, Spurs, Bournemouth. How do you feel about that one? We both had we both had Kane captain. 
Both are disappointed. Yeah, I think both we were both disappointed. Obviously, that Bavies didn't play as well. Well, initially, we both were. You were, you ended up with just ten men playing. <laughs> so I think yeah, yeah, it's quite annoying. I think. Um, I mean, we could talk about Harry Kane first, blanking at home again. Just doesn't seem to be able to score at Wembley. He said he had six shots, three on target, but just doesn't seem to be able to deliver the points at home yeah, at the 20, moment. 28 shots he's had at home without scoring. You know, you've got to wonder, is, is it getting to him? You know, It's one of those things that the more you do it, the, the more you fail to do something, the more you kind of think, oh, you know, is, is this just is this, is this actually true? Is this actually, you know... Is it, is it never going to happen for me? And it just seems like he's really in a bit of a funk at home. Whereas away, he's you know he's he's getting braces, he's getting lots of points for me. I, it's really disappointing. Well, I think he has missed Ben Davies a little bit because Ben Davies has been setting up a lot of chances for him when he plays, and he's missed the last couple yeah. of home games. I think so. I think Ben Davies not playing was a problem for Harry Kane. I think um, Hoon Son playing the left wing back um, completely changed the dynamic of the team a little bit. But um, I mean, with Ben Davies, it's just Danny Rose seems to be fit. I think he's um, he looks like he's part of the Champions League squad this week, midweek fixture. Yeah, he travelled, didn't traveled, he? Yeah. Um, so it is a bit of a concern for us Ben Davies owners, and also with tough fixtures, they've got Liverpool, United, and Arsenal coming up within the next four. Yeah. So that's that's a concern for us owners. I've um, I got him at five point five. He's now five point nine. If he looks to fall, I might I might have to sell him. Yeah, fair enough. I and mean, then, uh, you know, if Kane's not doing it, the Nova Kane uh, is going to probably be Christian Eriksen, who scored and seems to still continue to to get the points when the, in the when the likes of Deli Ali and the likes of Harry Kane aren't doing it. He's the top scoring midfielder now. Neither he's, one of us have looked at him. Yeah, they? I mean, he's top scorer in the game, and he's just quietly doing very well, isn't he? Yeah. Like with uh, just consistent returns. I've seen a few people talking about selling Ericsson and I'm like, well, he's the top scorer of the game. Like, you know, why don't we hang on to him? He's doing well. He's, exactly. But compared to Ali, though, Ali's just been very disappointing so far this season. He seems very jaded as well. Yeah, he does. He seems like he's just kind of. I don't know what it is. He hasn't been able to replicate the form of last season. Whereas Ericsson has kind of, if anything, stepped up a gear and taken over the shots as well as the as well as the through balls, as we said in the article a few weeks ago. And he's just, I don't know. I feel like I maybe missed a trick there. I mean, people are saying they're going to sell and keep Kane. I mean, if I had both, I would probably. It's weird to say it, but I'd be tempted to keep Ericsson over Kane at this point. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm well done if you're an Ericsson owner and you've kept up with that. But that's awesome. Um, moving on next uh, to the Sunday games, uh, we had Brighton and Everton. Um, Gross was in the point again, um, assisting your man Knockett. Uh, yep, not so knockout got the points. Unfortunately, he wasn't really my man this week. My man was Sully March. I got him for five point zero. He got a free pointer because he was substituted before the Everton goal. But I would have um, obviously liked more from him. But I didn't really expect too much. He was kind of like a cheap enabler within the team. So you know, hopefully yeah. he can deliver next week. Perhaps, probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, we had, it was Dominic Calvert Lewin for Everton. He got an assist. Oh, he got fouled for Bruno. Yeah, Bruce, he got. It's foul, like one of those where he got an assist for not touching the ball. Incredible. He's, he's a bit, a bit of a strange one, but he's an interesting option. He's definitely been getting into the right places to generate chances. He's actually on 18 shots now for the season, which is one behind Jesus and Firmino. Um, but he's yet to score, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be getting someone like Dominic Calvert Lewin or, or at least any Everton player at this moment no, in time. No, I, mean, I was looking at Siggy at the beginning, like kind of around this time to bring in in game week six. And to be fair, I mean they've got Arsenal next, and then they've got Leicester away, Watford at home, Crystal Palace, and Southampton. And those are four games that 
in normal practice, you'd be looking at Everton thinking, yeah, yeah, I fancy that. But at the moment, I mean, they could only just about scratch out of the draw. Last couple of games, as we'd said right at the start of the season, were looking favourable. They've been unable to return, like, you know, really solid returns there. Definitely, I've been very disappointed with them. I think the problem is, is also the defence is massively overpriced, so you're not going to yeah. be bringing in the likes of Leighton Baines at the moment or Ashley Williams. Yeah. You know, there, there seems to be a bit of rotation going on with their right back as well. There seems to be Martina and Holgate. Seems keeps changing yeah, who's exactly. playing I think FPL's have, FPL and Koeman both having a bit of a dookie in terms of uh, in terms of that defence it's just not working and whatever Koeman does he needs to do it quite quickly because it sounds like he's uh, winning the uh, <laughs> yeah the sack race <laughs> the moment, the sack race. and the second game on Sunday and I, ha- I can't remember the last time Newcastle didn't play on the Sunday was Southampton Newcastle yet another Sunday who's going to save it uh, Elliot and Richie oh and Bember as well I suppose and uh, none of them did anything yeah I had Cedric in this game as well oh, like two, two points from Cedric and Elliot this is just, yeah it was a bit of a rubbish I was hoping for a nil-nil win to that game and I just kept seeing goals and yeah. then it was a Gabbiadini penalty as well and it was just like come on Elliot so bring it back and we went in obviously Gabbiadini gets a brace you know it's, it's it, one of those it, games wasn't it it was written wasn't it it was one of those where um, you were kind of hoping that Elliot would save the penalty because it felt like that would have been one of those moments when Elliot would write his name into FPL folklore. Yeah, um, I was just kind of like waking me up when October ends <laughs> during that game. It was like, yeah, I'm sort of like Yedlin nearly got himself uh, sent off as well, a bit of an American idiot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the other the other thing with that game, I think, brought it brought FPL assists once more into perspective because you had a uh, Atsu doing what Bellerin did last week. Hitting, hitting it, it rebounding, and then him getting an assist. Whereas you had Matt Ritchie feeding the ball through to Perez. Perez, so the chance was created by Matt Ritchie. Perez hits it, gets saved, and he scores the rebound. There's no assist on Perez's goal, despite the fact that Ritchie created the opportunity. I think it happened with Lukaku and Mkhitaryan early on in the season. And it's one of those where, as a Richie owner, I'm a little bit annoyed, really, that the Atsu assist, which is less of an assist, really, in pure terms, than the Richie assist, is what gets counted by the game. I can understand, like, why they do it, but it seems like if the chance has been created, I think there's got to be some allowance for that being as good as an assist, basically, because if the chance wasn't... If the chance didn't exist without that player's intervention, surely that's an assist. I don't know. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know. exactly. And the final thing with that is Gabby Adini, almost 6,000 people have brought him in. Woe betide them. <laughs> and, and finally, you know, we're recording fairly late. Uh, Leicester, West Brom, 1-1. Yeah, we just watched a game. We, we weren't particularly enamoured by it. Obviously, you had Vardy. You were just waiting for that Vardy goal. For one more minute, it was going to be a penalty. But oh, I think, mean, yeah. personally, as as a person without any assets in that game, I was quite happy with the results. You know, yeah. the likes of Chadley getting a goal and uh, Slimani getting an assist. No one's going to be getting those points. Uh, Mares, yeah, I can't imagine people having Mares anymore. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm keeping Vardy. Um, I mean, the next three: Swansea, Everton, Stoke. You think he can probably pill for one there? But today's performance was. Uh, pretty off-putting as uh, someone who was hoping for an invite to the party and just got yeah I mean he had a bit of a, down. he had a bit of a party on his yacht didn't he over the international break with a Stella and everything but no no no, no party on the pitch unfortunately for you Tom no it was a shame alright then Nick well that, that, that rounds off the week uh, let's move on to the features after this break who got the assist who got the assist 
So uh, let's let's talk about the anti-meta team first, and just to remind you what this is. This is was a team of uh, less than ten percent owned assets that we've been managing this season. Uh, in addition to our own, teams. very much full of differentials. Um, you know, players that weren't highly owned. Except, I think looking at the team now, I think we're going to have to do a few transfers. They did; they've done very well again, haven't they? Fifty-eight yeah. points. Yeah, uh, I mean, they uh, doubled up on Man City before anyone else was doubling up, doubling up on Man City. Um, I mean, we brought in uh, Jay Z. We brought in Sana when these players were owned by less than ten percent. You know, being sold off. That was after Jay Z didn't play one week uh, after Sana hadn't been starting. And now these are, these players now have a linchpin of that team, absolutely destroying it. Uh, the anti-mess teams are nudging the top 100k now, I think. Yeah, and they've also had Valencia, I think we mentioned it earlier, he got a clean sheet. Unfortunately, yeah. Jamie Vardy didn't uh, return for them. But it's still absolutely, I mean, we write an article and there'll be an article out tomorrow on how we did this game week. And you can see, you can kind of uh, keep updated with how they're doing on that. But it is, uh, it's depressing, isn't it, that this team of that we put together in five minutes and haven't really managed too much is absolutely destroying our actual teams. I think, yeah, I think it's time for Jay-Z to leave the team, uh, possibly Vardy, possibly Valencia. But, um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to do some transfers. We could even bring him back in, Lacazette or someone. I think we'll, uh, we'll have a think, as we always do, and... Uh, Tell you what happens. Yeah, that's exactly. So let's move on to uh, move on to the market forces. And do you want to explain to the good people what this is again, Nick? So this is our take on the economy and the movers and shakers within the market. And we basically have a quick discussion, you know, talking about who's rising, who's falling, who to bring in based on how the market is acting. Yeah, we've got and various data sources um, that go behind this, you know, Fantasy Football Fix, the FPL website, and a couple of other things that, that we've got access to too. Yeah, so. FPL statistics, isn't it, as well? Um, so I think this week um, the big riser seems to be Raheem Sterling. So this is a player that I got in on my wild card last week. And he's um, he's already gone up to eight point one. He's already had one hundred and twenty five thousand um, transfers in this game week. Yeah, one hundred twenty five thousand people, and that probably is at the detriment uh, of uh, Salah, who's who's been dropping. So Salah's got thirty thousand people have sold Salah, and I'm guessing that's kind of moving towards uh, Sterling. And seventy one thousand people have sold Mkhitaryan as well. Uh, I think these. Both of those players, both the owners of those players, seem to be moving towards Raheem. Is there anyone else who's being sold? Well, yeah, I think Deli Ali's also being sold. Deli Ali's dropped in value; he's down to nine point four. Now he's had over sixty thousand transfers out, which um, isn't a surprise considering his performances. But I think the main thing to take about the market this week is there's such a race to get these Manchester City players in. Yeah. Six of the top eight transferred in players at the moment play for Manchester City. And it just seems a bit knee-jerk. Obviously, they did fantastically well, but they do have a midweek fixture coming up. So yeah. you'd think that you'd want to wait before making your transfers. It does that's concern us. They've got this tricky game on Tuesday. They've also got um, you know Aguero coming back as well. So there is that rotation risk we keep talking about with a yeah. few of the players. But even like Aguero is being transferred in. So some people are trying to get on on Sergio Sergio early, even though he didn't play this game yeah, week. Forty thousand people have taken the plunge on Sergio on Kun Aguero, and he hasn't, as you said, played. 
He's been on the bench after having a broken rib, didn't come on in the 7-2. City absolutely demolished another team without him playing. And they've still got the they've still got the fixture on Tuesday. It seems a bit crazy if people bring him in. I am thinking of bringing in Aguero, but I'm going to need that Tuesday information to be able to make that call. I mean, if Aguero plays that whole game and Jesus gets t- taken off in the 60th minute, I'm going to be thinking, you know what? It's probably better to get Jay Z in here. But if Aguero only plays 20, 30 minutes, it might be a good call to think, you know what? He might start against Burnley. I'm going to bring him in. It still seems to you me. Know, Whenever we look at this data, Nick, I don't know about you, but I still am surprised by the volume of transfers before anything's really happened. These are all people who have just seen the results of the week and acted. I, yeah, I always wonder as well. I'm wondering whether they're trying to catch price rises maybe because um, Jay-Z and Sterling have both already risen by 0.1 since um, the weekend's mm. fixtures. So sometimes it's based on trying to catch price rises. Sometimes I think it's just spur of the moment, you know, like people being angry and saying, oh, I missed out on just getting them in straight away yeah. without, without I, thinking. You I know. was very, very close, actually, on um, Saturday night when uh, Jay-Z was 10.6 and uh, he was rising. And I, I've got Lacazette, who's been sold by 38,000 already. And I was very, very close to just making the swap on uh, on Saturday night. But I remembered our Charlie Austin rule. We've spoken about this a few times last season. We both brought in Charlie Austin before he got injured against Haparol Beersheba, I think it was. And we both had to spend eight points, basically, bring because we brought him in and had to get rid of him. It was eight points in a player who didn't set foot in our teams, basically. Um, so I'm trying to keep hold of that for now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of Manchester City, there's only two other players that have broken into that top eight, most transferred in. One is Phil Jones. We talked about him a little bit earlier. His price point makes him very appealing um, with Huddersfield away and obviously Manchester City, Manchester United's defensive record so far this season. Looking very um, solid. Yeah. Eric Bailly being slightly injured as well. Yeah, and Bailly's like sold. Phil Jones will continue to be played. Well, Bailly's been sold by about 50,000 people, hasn't he? Um, so I think that's kind of... You can see the, the movement there as well and that you instantly free up, what, um, one million by going Jones to Bailly. So you can see why people perhaps are moving on to Sterling. I mean, another one, you, you mentioned Jones. Uh, the other guy in the top 10 who doesn't play for Man City is, is, is Tammy Abraham. Um, 80,000 people have brought him in. Um, he's a, a back up to 5.7 already. Um, what do you make of that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's sensible, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are probably downgrading... Um, you know strikers like Lacazette who haven't been performing to get like a very cheap enabler like Trippier and it's this that sort of move can free up so much cash to bring in like an extra Manchester City midfielder into your team yeah I mean, I'm after tonight's performance frankly I mean I'm going to keep Vardy because I think he's going to but that could be a move that people start doing now people might be looking at Tammy Abraham and thinking you know what he scored two Vardy hasn't scored for a couple of games it could be time to 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 bring in Tammy a uh, five point seven, and he's scoring goals. You can see why people are you know, going for it. And I think the the final thing I want to pick out this week is right at the bottom, Mister Bakayoko. Thirty thousand people have brought in Bakayoko. Well, I think it's actually because Kante is injured, and Kante is actually the second most transferred out player right now because. Uh, because obviously it's, it's something about these Chelsea defensive midfielders. Bakayoko rocks up with a goal. Kante's injured. People see that and think, oh, straight swap. Why not make that move? But I don't think Bakayoko's going to be scoring many goals. Yeah, it's a basket case of a transfer, that, isn't it? I, I just don't understand that. It's um, Yeah, I mean, what, if Bakayoko scored one goal, 
congratulations. But what's he going to do long term? Absolutely nothing. Sometimes the market just boggles my mind. It really does. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to be describing our listeners if you made that move as Disney <laughs> mods, but you know, like, it's, it's obviously not one we would recommend. No, exactly. And uh, we will keep following through on that recommendation and indeed try to kind of keep our what we've said, try to keep that kind of straight and keep true to that. I mean, this links on to the, the psychology corner this week. And, uh, you know, Nick, we've just seen Jamie Vardy blank. And on the subject of Ratface, you've been really clear for a while. You're not really too enamoured by him. A lot of people kind of have also agreed with you and they don't want his rodent features around their team. But earlier on this week, there were a couple of moments when you were on your wildcard when you were thinking, oh, could I get Vardy? Oh, you know, injuries were coming in and you were thinking, oh, Jamie's looking like a bit of a solution here. And ultimately, you decided not to get him. Which paid off. (laughs) (laughs) Because you didn't want to be a hypocrite, fundamentally. And this is interesting because it feeds into the psychology of dissonance, which is uh, the discomfort when you feel when you have two competing thoughts or behaviours. Of course, we're not rational as human beings. We always want to present ourselves as rational creatures, but we're not. Um, there's always a sort of set of beliefs and ideas that we subscribe to. And you know, we here are broadcasting our beliefs. So, for example, you know, we're going to um, spend more than 4, 4.5 on one goalkeeper. And to go against those would make us seem like hypocrites. So we're not going to do it. Um, in the case with Vardy, when circumstances meant that something happened to challenge your belief, it creates the cognitive dissonance. Um, when that happens, you have three options on how you respond to it. One is that you can reject it immediately, so that's a Semmelweis reflex we spoke about before. Two is you consider it and then realise you don't want to change what you said in the pure hypocrite, which is probably what you did. And three is you change your belief and post-rationalise why what you thought before was a mistake. And we see a lot of politicians uh, say that a lot, actually, when the uh, beliefs that have become outmoded uh, come to light from the past or maybe uh, an Andre Gray on Twitter kind of example comes to mind anyway the upshot of all this is we don't tend to be comfortable with holding competing views and seek to resolve the distance which is we find things like people making unfavourable moves to avoid obvious solutions in FPL that happening a lot people don't want to seem as a hypocrite yeah I guess that's how I felt a little bit with Jamie Vardy I talked a lot about not bringing him in saying there were plenty of other options in attack like Kuna Murata that I was going to be bringing in and going you know free you know, really strong forwards, and I said, it's, it's not worth it. But then, like, with all the injuries that arose, I was thinking, oh, I've got to bring in, uh, I might have to bring in Vardy. But I'd argued such a case online about, you know, he, how, how he wasn't very good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, you know, I was like, I wanted to be part of that minority, and I thought down with the moral majority. I was, I was very close to, to actually bringing him in, but in the end, I, uh, I stuck to my guns, my original guns. So uh, Yeah, it, was, it seems like a good move tonight, and but hopefully in the future you'll be proven wrong. <laughs> well, I think you've had him for three weeks now, and you've got seven points, oh, exactly. so it's, it's yeah, not yeah. gone too yeah, well. It's, it's not gone very well for The thing has been going on since yeah. then, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the whole season's not going well. I just want to be alone right now. Anyway, uh, I'll write about this uh, for an upcoming article this week, but I thought that was interesting to talk about as part of Psychology Corner. Anyway, um, shall we move on after this break to the community section? Yep. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time for the community section. So firstly, I'm going to have a quick look at the uh, Who Got the Assist Mini League, see who's doing well. Uh, so top again, it's uh, the Terabads, um, Ben Sutton with 52 points. He's uh, five 54, at the back. 54 points actually because uh, Jocelyn's come off the bench. The league's still being updated at this current moment in time. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he started with five at the back, so he went for the five. Didn't actually pay off this week. He's got a one, 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 two, so not not too great. But I think um, his key players this week were Ericsson, Sterling, and Tammy Abraham. 
Yeah, so, uh, good, uh, good week for him. Yeah, very interesting formation here. He's got Kane um, as captain, and then Abraham and Hosolu as his t- three strikers. So one premium and two cheapest chips. And what what rank is he, Nick? Yeah, I mean that's a bit alternative, but he, he's up in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top two thousand in the world. Probably disappointed to not get those Tom Carroll eight points that were sitting on his bench. But never mind. So um, obviously every week there's a theme and there's a, there's another theme this week and uh, a shout out to Andy Goodland he got the theme last week which was Anchorman so well done Andy gold star <laughs> yeah well done mate uh, we've got a couple of shout outs this week the first one is the FPL Acid really regular listener good friends of the pod so we want to say hi hi Acid and this week um, we're going to be as part of uh, the FPL Wildcards Roundtable uh, which should be quite an interesting article which is coming out later on in the week and uh, one of us who probably me is going to be on the uh, the Plymouth Herald's fancy football. Yeah, the FPL Herald. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fancy Talk, football. David Monday. With David Monday. Yeah, hi, David. Uh, talking about uh, Halloween FPL and our uh, horror stories. So that that should be an interesting one for next week. Yeah, I'll try and make it, but I'm not sure if I can because it's during working hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I will, if my employer's listening, be working very hard during that time. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the uh, community questions. And thank you so much for all of them. Overwhelmed this week with questions. Um, every week we'll do a funny little mock-up of me and Nick, private eye style. Um, first question this week, we've mentioned it quite a lot already, Manchester City. Uh, the triple up, which three basically to go for? Um, should we be tripling up? This was asked by FPL Awesomeo on Reddit, DMAC4142, Realm Alks 18 on Reddit, uh, Craig Johnson on uh, Facebook, um, Chris Betridge on Facebook, and also uh, that Marco bloke that we speak to every now and again. Nick, tripling up on Man City, what are you going to do? Well, I will be tripling up on City. If it was possible, I would quadruple up on City <laughs> because they have just been doing so well so far this season. They scored obviously seven goals in the last game, which is more than seven teams have managed all season, which is a shocking statistic. Yes. It's just there's so many options there in attack and in midfield. But I'm, I'm actually, this is a bit of a twist, but I'm actually looking at a defender right now, possibly bringing in Otamendi. Otamendi? <laughs> yeah, Otamendi, 5.7, possible swap for my man Ben Davies. Oh, you know? I, I can't I can't get behind that, Nick. That is basically, uh, well, Pep doesn't care about defending. But he's, he's been ever-present. He's only missed 20 minutes of football. Yeah, but... but this game aside they've had several clean sheets right. and he's also second for shots so far this season only three behind Alonso with 11 so he's, he's been doing very well and so you, you could occasionally you could get the five points at any point basically is what you're saying ex- yeah exactly okay interesting I mean oh, triple up on Man City I think I mean, there's an interesting question about cover here I mean people always denigrate the idea of cover and say you, know, you need to pick the players you think are going to score the best in Man City's case all of the players seem to be scoring. I mean, Kuhn wasn't even on the pitch and they scored seven points, seven goals, sorry, seven points, seven goals. And, um, you know, you've got to have, having two or three of those, covering two or three of those is a good idea as far as it looks at the moment. Definitely. I think for Manchester City fans, if you're a Manchester City fan, you're having the time of your life. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you've got Jesus of suburbia banging them in. But uh, I am a bit worried, obviously, with Kuhn coming back. Bernardo Silva knocking on the door. There's gonna, there's gonna be some rotation. So you just there it has is. to be in the back of your mind. Especially but if you if you triple up, you should have at least two and a half players playing, which probably means a return of about 15 points going on, at least 15 points. So, exactly. You know. exactly. I mean that moves us actually quite nicely on to the next question, which is still around Man City. So um, specifically about the strikers. 
Ken versus Jay-Z or both so uh, Graham Smith asks is it is it's time to uh, bring in uh, Jesus for Kaku FPL Kangaroo says who out of Kane and Kaku do I remove for Kun FPL Virgin asks should I have both and uh, you know what do you reckon is it the time to be doing that um, removing Kaku and grabbing uh, grabbing one of the two if, if that's your move I can't recommend getting rid of Lukaku when they've got Huddersfield away next Lukaku's been very consistent in his performances he always seems to struggle against the big teams but against Huddersfield you can surely see him netting a brace he's actually my captain pick at the moment since hey. recovering from a rib injury I think he you know, like, yeah. is he is he properly fit? There's so much hype about him potentially playing this game week, and he obviously didn't show up. Yeah, but poor, you know, like, Marco. surely is surely he's just had a car crash for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> surely, he's, you know, recovery, yeah, recovery from a prank. FPL Virgin asked us, "Couldn't both could and Jesus? Is there uh, any mileage in that?" There might be. There might be mileage, but it's, it's, it's a risk, I guess. You know, like, there's a lot of other options up there in attack. Morata's coming back. We've talked about him. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kane, it's quite rare for him to blank, really. You know. Well, if he's at home at the moment, he's blanking all the time. I mean, what we're saying, I think with Kane, the thing is, is that it's basically, this year we've said a lot of the time that you can't have, ever, have them all. And you've always got to have one player who misses out. And it feels like, you know, that I'm without Lukaku at the moment and I'm happy to be without Lukaku I feel like you know, one goal is basically what is going to happen for him whereas Kane is get the ceiling is a lot higher for Kane and I'd be worried about not having Kane in my squad more than I'd be worried about not having Lukaku in my squad so I guess a question for you Tom is is it Colonel Jesus you're bringing in because you're getting rid of Lacazette by the sounds of you're <laughs> yeah. getting rid of Bellerin to the Jones so feasibly you could afford either I can afford both yeah um, I don't know is the answer um, I'm, I'm looking at um, I'll obviously look at tomorrow um Napoli um, see what happens um, the thing is with Jay-Z is that so many people own him now especially in our mini league that I'm thinking well has that ship sailed but feasibly I probably should be on it especially if if Kun is kind of you know 50-50 restarting whereas Jesus it looks to be trusted by Pep do I want to just cover those points probably because I, I saw this week if I had those Jesus points I'd be equal to you or just about near enough equal so it's a tough decision. I think probably it's looking like Kun for me, though, just because of the differential and because he's Kun, basically. But I said at the start of the season, there probably wasn't going to be room at the end for him. Now there's no room at the end for Kaku for me. And it might be Kun who gets the opportunity. Hopefully I captain him and he does something against Burnley and I, I, I rise from the depths. You'll be hitching uh, a ride with Kun. Yeah, maybe, 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 I don't know. Uh, I mean, we, we've kind of just discussed it um, and alluded to it, but Martin St. Hill on Facebook asks... Will Kane ever score at Wembley? Or should we move him on? And I guess it's similar to a question that Jaminus asked on Reddit. Um, he asked, you know, when do you move on a player like Kaku as well, which is kind of the same bracket as Kane. Like, when do you move on? When do you get bored well, of Well, Kane does score at Wembley. He, he scores for Wembley for England every so often. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think there's a lot of talk about the Spurs, Wembley, Hoodoo and, and everything, and Kane... Uh, performing badly but he was missing Ben Davies it didn't seem to work with Son in the team it's just I don't know I think he, he, at some point he's going to turn up with a hat trick I think they've got Crystal Palace quite soon so that will be an interesting match that's at home so um, that's in three game weeks if, he's, if he can't score <laughs> Crystal Palace I might have to generally sell him but at the moment you know um, there's a couple of poorer game weeks coming up you've got Liverpool at home Man United away but even in those I mean Kane Every season, every game, you back him to score. If you see a Scotland have scored, 
more often than not, you think that's a Kane goal in the same way that Man City used to be with Kun Aguero. Um, I think it's very difficult to ever consider... Like, I think it's, it's, it's close to unthinkable for me to think about removing Kane. Uh, I sound like I'm a bit of a blinkered Kane fan, but it's definitely true. And he, as you said, I think he will score again at Wembley fairly soon. If he scores for a CAC team like England, he's going to score for a decent side like Spurs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And next question's uh, on our man Alonso. Um, so Chris Dixon asks, simply Alonso, keep or sell? Mr. Walker Porter asks, um, you know, who's removing? He said he's probably going to remove Alonso. What 6.6 would you get? And Noel um, on, on Twitter asks, with Kante out, should be we be avoiding Chelsea's defence altogether? Well, I think personally for me, and we talked about um, Alonso a little bit earlier, if you sell him, you're, you're potentially going to be punished because they've got Watford at home, they've got Bournemouth away. You know, you Too talked about long. Alonso's expected goals earlier, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. It feels like if you remove him, you're going to be damned if you do because he is going to explode eventually and you are going to feel that. But a 7.0, is it good enough that we're just kind of we're just, just waiting sitting there waiting we yeah. are waiting aren't we yeah exactly I, I, I don't know I don't know but at the moment I'm keeping hold just because there are for me bigger issues around my squad you know Lacazette um, but if you are looking at moving Alonso I mean Mr Walker Porter said he's removing Alonso for a 6.6 you remove him for a 6.6 you're going to be removing him for Valencia I think or probably just removing him for Jones and keep banking the 1.4 frankly yeah or maybe likes of Kyle Walker as well. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a decent option. Uh, moving on, Bavis, another one. So Matt at Yahoo asks, is uh, Bavis out now? Rose looks okay. And Ollie asks, uh, what do I do with Bavis now? Uh, and also Nick Stone asks this too. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm keeping Bavis. Um, I think he's just, as Nick's, Nick's been saying a lot, he is integ- he seems to be integral to Spurs' attack. And there was a good article by Ed, one of our writers in FFS a couple of weeks ago, so about the rise of Ben Davis and how many touches he's been getting in the box and how many in the in the ups just half sorry and how many um you know how much creative involvement he's had. You are making a strong case for Ben Davies, and um, I've been you know one of the biggest admirers of him all, all season and and last season as well for the um, the points that he's given me. But I think I'm starting to think it's time to sell personally for me. I want to cash in on that 0.2 before he starts falling and he looks like he might be falling. He's obviously of ill health, ruled out um, for the midweek fixture. Hopefully he'll be back for the weekend. But with the two tough fixtures, Danny Rose knocking on the door again. I'm wondering if it's now time to very, very sadly say goodbye to him and and bring in maybe Otamendi or Jones. Or other options. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking. If I didn't have Bellerin to get rid of, I think that I would be looking at Bavis to either go out this week or maybe go out next week. But I mean, they do have Crystal Palace in between Liverpool, Man United, and then the North London derby. Um, but I, I just don't know. I think I'm probably going to be keeping holding him for the time being and maybe hoping that people like yourself are selling him off. So I can I can roll in those points for myself for the well, first maybe time. I have to bring him back in again. I don't know, but you know he might punish me with another sixteen point return. But I can't see more than ones or twos in the next couple. And then by the time the Crystal Palace game comes around, he'll probably be out with a phantom injury again, phantom illness, and Danny uh, Rose will play. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. The other. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum now. Cheap defenders. And Niv asks, what's the best five and under? Ian Wilson on uh, Twitter says there's no four point zeros. 
uh, with Mbemba not playing and Mariapa seemingly a stopgap in that Watford defence until other players get fit is it just better to get a 4.5 and uh, Chris FPL gave us some options for who could the 4.5 could be so Fernandez and your man uh, Ward at Burnley as well uh, but I guess he's 4.6 now yeah so uh, you know at this level Nick who, who have you got your eye on so, um, I mean, if we start at the higher price, which was mentioned 5.0, I've got um, Cedric in there. Um, he's not actually been doing particularly well. He's only got 24 points so far, but he's um, another defender that's been quite attacking. Alongside Otamendi, he's had 11 shots so far, which is joint second for defenders. Um, and Southampton have some great fixtures still. They've got uh, West Brom, Brighton and Burnley in the next three. So I'm hoping for some clean sheets from him. Finally, uh, moving downwards in price, obviously there's um, Higazi 4.8. I think his ship's sold, um, sailed sailed a little, a little bit. bit yeah. um, we've got the Lascelles at 4.7. He's had two goals so far. Newcastle have some very tasty fixtures coming up. Crystal Palace, Burnley and Bournemouth. So I think he's definitely a, a decent option. Well, if you want to double up with Elliot, which a lot of people seem yeah. to be having at the moment. Um, yeah, there's obviously there's Ward. You mentioned Ward. Yeah, I mean, goal and assist. I think another one that comes to mind is Cresswell at West Ham. Um, I haven't got the stats for this game week but before this game week he'd put in the magic 69 crosses so far I mean Carroll's now ruled out so uh, there's Antonio but there's Antonio to get on the end of the crosses uh, so he, he could be one to consider and at 4.5 I mean I've got Norton I feel like I might have missed the trick actually with Fernandez, who looks like the being reborn alongside Mawson in that defence who's another man we could mention there who scored four goals I think it was last season uh, WBA I mean if they'd have won tonight we might have been speaking about then Maguire got had two shots tonight uh, you know, get, getting a two uh, I think it's a, he's had three shots all season two of them were last night so again that could be another one we're speaking about I mean, it's 5.2 I think Maguire I mean, there's also, uh, this is a bit of a controversial pick, but there's a Joe Gomez 4.5 for Liverpool. We got, he got three bonus points at the weekend, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Possible, that... possible option. Um, Simpson, <laughs> he looked attacking. Yeah, I mean... We're scraping the barrel now, I think, at this uh, lower price range. I've obviously got Kevin Vim I talked about earlier, 4.4. Yeah, stoke, man. And then if you go very cheap, um, there's 4.0 Thomas Edwards played uh, this week, and uh, Hunemeyer for uh, Brighton um, started at 3.9. He's tweeted he's ready if needed. So <laughs> ready if needed. That is such a such Duff, a poor Duff, call. Duffy was injured. You see, <laughs> such a poor call to action, isn't it? <laughs> I'm ready if needed. That's, that's, that's basically like me tweeting uh, me tweet, tweeting Kim Kardashian in case uh, Kanye West uh, leaves her. Uh, Sarah's not going to be happy with that. Anyway, uh, value midfielders is, is the next question. So, you know, two promoting, you've got Gross, you've got Richarlison in that kind of bracket. We've spoken about Richarlison already. Yeah. Has anyone else caught your eye yeah. in that particular Well, I've, I've had Soddy March in my team at 5.0. I think he's, he's very cheap for what he offers. Um, looking at his heat maps, he's getting into the box quite a bit. He's quite attacking. Unfortunately, he didn't get the return this week. Um, it was a teammate knockout, um, 5.7. Another good option, I think. He's um, had a slow start to the Premier League, but he seems to be adjusting. But I think I think the main men are probably um, Richardson and uh, Cheaper Moting at the moment yeah. in that price bracket. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was looking because I've got enough money to upgrade. I mean, obviously, I don't think we'll do it this week uh, given uh, the other needs. But I mean, uh, Cheaper Moting has Bournemouth, uh, Watford, Leicester, Brighton, and Crystal Palace next five. So. Stoke always tend to start pretty poorly and then have a good run of fixtures in which they start to accumulate points. I think I had Joe Allen last season when he was smashing it for a little bit. And uh, Chupemoting could do that again. I mean, it looks like uh, Hesse and him are kind of 
changing positions, switching positions a lot, and Chupo is the fur- the furthest forward guy. Feasibly, those are the kinds of games that he's going to pick up points in. But I mean, we've spoken about it already. Probably going to have to be Richarlison. I mean, just he looks like the real deal. He looks like that this year's Josh King. Judging by output, judging by you know just watching him to the eye to the eye, he is so dangerous and so exciting to watch. Um, he's probably going to be the one that I'll, I'll eventually plump for. Um, obviously, maybe after Chelsea though. Uh, next question, a bit wider. Um, Alex W on Twitter asks: FPL stats versus fantasy football fix. Which one do we go for? Oh, the grand debate. Um, yeah, well, um, obviously. Let's have, let's start by saying these are both fantastic sites, and we love them both and admire the work that they do, and we use them both, uh, especially FFF, FFF. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic fix for the game in game week stuff is great, and then FPL statistics we check pretty much every day. I think yeah. I mean that sums it up for me personally. I mean um, we've looked at the we've looked at the uh, the numbers and the and it's, it's a very complex algorithm <laughs> as to how these price rises and price falls work, and it seems to change every year. So it's, it's a very tough job to kind of predict these price rises when they seem seemingly random quite a bit and no you know re, no real design um, to them. But what what we like about Fix, I guess, is is the app, um, the in game um, sort of updates that it does. It gives you a live score prediction as to how you're doing and live rank, which is very good to follow. As, yeah, as the game week the, the goes G, on. The G notification is probably the best notification I get <laughs> for the goal. Um, I think between the two of them, in terms of prices, what the best probably the best practice is to look at them both and then kind of think about what the middle ground might be I mean if they're both saying a rise is going to happen it's probably likely to happen if there's if there's slight disagreement maybe think about what the middle ground between the two the two percentages are Um, uh, as Nick just said it's not that clear at the moment it's not as predictable at the moment how people are going, if people are going to rise or fall so maybe use both of them as a sort of information exactly and you have to take a risk and it has to be your judgement at the end of the day whether you make that transfer early or not say for instance Raheem Sterling's on 97% um, and he looks like he's about to, to rise but obviously they might be playing tomorrow and you're thinking oh should I make the move or wait Based, and then don't get annoyed because you, you waited and you thought it wasn't going to rise and you rise because that was your call at the end of the day. You know, you have it has to be your decision. And you know, yeah, exactly. these, these guys are just trying to predict the the rises, but they don't have exact science. There's, there's no exact science to it. It can yeah, be random at points. It seems that way, doesn't it, this season? And finally, Rob um, asks us, "Do you have any wild card regrets, boys?" Um, so I'm going to start. Um, I'm happy with my with the four three three that I've got. Um, I'm happy with. I, I basically pulled my team apart in game week six to fit Aguero in, and I had no way of knowing that Aguero was going to have a car crash. Frankly, but what I could have done. Oh, this is kind of a a consequence of my wild card. What I could and should have done is probably not put Lacazette in and put Jesus in. Um, so that's probably my main regret from I mean, there was no way of me knowing really maybe what I could have done is put in another Man City player and maybe um, I, I don't know apart from that I mean the bench I've had a bench issue for quite a while I've been the benchless boys for a fair bit I mean Loftus-Cheek Chaloba and Mbemba on my bench is, is not great and maybe that should have been something that I should have thought about a bit more I mean should have had Carroll maybe or had Cork 
Do you, do you regret wildcarding in six and not holding off until now, or do you think um, it's still the right call at the right time? It's difficult. I mean, I think that I did wildcard a bit early. Um, I mean, I sh- it's a shoulda, woulda, coulda situation. It's quite tough to know because a few things have happened since then. But, I mean, the fact is that I took out Richarlison, took out... Uh, who else did I take out? I took out Pedro and all these kinds of players who I brought in as a punt, thinking, oh, they're going to do something eventually. I removed them on my wildcard week and then they score. So maybe I should. Yeah, so maybe I should have. Uh... I personally had, had the opposite. My um, pre wildcard team did shockingly this, this game week. So I made the, the right call, I think, to, to wildcard. I had, um, you know, Kane, Lukaku. Ali, Hosselu, all, all these guys blanking. The ones I kept blanked as well, you know. So I think I'd only got about 24, 25 if I uh, kept that team. I brought in Jesus and Sterling. They're the guys that brought me the point. So I, I don't have any, any major regrets, to be honest. I mean, I, but it's, better. It's, it's still, yeah, still quite still early, early for, you, for me. Yeah. So, so I guess we're it's moving on to the wrap up now. I mean, um, in case you're wondering, there was no Nyon watch this week because Alan Nyon obviously didn't play. <laughs> but we will um, we'll bring that back if he does play. But I think we probably put that on the back burner for now. I think that's the plan. I mean, we were talking on one of the pods about possible replacements for Nyon. Like, we had talked about Vimovoc and, and stuff like that. But um, I think, yeah, for the moment, we're going we're gonna to stick with Alan. If he plays, we'll talk about it. If he doesn't play, we won't cover it. Yeah, we'll expand the other sections as we've done today. Uh, changes for ne- next week? You post wildcard, are you going to roll it like is common practice? Or are you going to be aggressive and try to get that City triple up you've mentioned? I think that's that's the big choice. I mean, I don't have to make any you know major surgery to my team, but if it looks like Ben Davies is going to fall, I might swap him out for Osmendi or Jones. Yeah, okay. Just to save 0.1. Of, I, I don't know. I, I'd be probably uh, tempted to roll that, but God, what do I know? But if Ben Davies <laughs> is not necessarily playing as well, he's, yeah, got, that's he's true. got a tough fixture. If Potts is still saying he's sick, I mean, I'm going to be divesting myself of all of Arsenal. A better in out to Jones seems fairly set in stone, barring injury. And uh, Lacazette is going to go out for either um, Jay Z or Kun. Um, and I think that's it, Nick. Um, we are Who Got the Assist. Yep, our website's www.whogottheassist.com. And you can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. Yep, uh, like us. Uh, follow us uh, tell your friends about us as well yep make sure you tell your friends about this pod because we want to spread the word <laughs> yeah. um, make sure to press the subscribe button if you haven't already um, or join our league as well which is uh, 1538-17403 and you can find that on the uh, who got the assist article as well okay thanks very much guys we'll be back in game week 9 hopefully reflecting on a better week for me and uh, Nick continuing to, to head towards the top but that's it yeah, we hope this assists you. Thanks, guys. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.